Hey, grown-up friends. This episode is sponsored by Unest. Start investing in your most important asset, your kids, with Unest. Soon, you will also be able to give the gift of crypto. Join the Unest Legacy waitlist and get early access, entry into giveaways, and much more. Visit unest.co for more information. If you're in the food business, he talks about using a smaller plate when you're taking pictures of food, what time of day, how to capture the best light. And he really goes into a lot of specific details because, you know, if you think about social channels and all these places where people are getting information or, or where they're viewing content from business owners, the better you can kind of put your brand out there with photography and how you portray things, the more likely you are to connect and break through You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of Launching Financial Grownups, because you know what? Grownup life is really hard, but together we got this. The money is in the details. If you want to succeed in business, my friends, wise words from Lauren Weinberg. She is the co-author of a new book, Self-Made Boss, that had me both smiling and taking notes as I read it. The other author is a longtime friend of mine, Jackie Reese's. We went to Penn together, where we were also Tri-Deltas. Jackie and Lauren met while working at Yahoo and then worked together at Square, where they spent a lot of time with small business owners and entrepreneurs. Now they have come together with their first book, hopefully one of many, Self-Made Boss, Advice, Hacks, and Lessons from Small Business Owners. In our interview, we cover how businesses can leverage technology to connect more with customers. Great story about a pet grooming business that you will definitely want to hear. Upping the ante on the employee experience, creating an employee culture, super important these days when there's a lot of competition for workers, so you want to keep the good ones and how to set your company up to pass on to the next generation, although you also need to figure out if you even should. Here are Jackie Reese's and Lauren Weinberg. Jackie Reese's and Lauren Weinberg, you are both financial grownups. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Congrats on the book, Self-Made Boss Advice, Hacks, and Lessons from Small Business Owners. And by the way, this is extra special because Jackie is a dear friend of mine going back to our days at University of Pennsylvania where we were roommates and even, dare I say, Tri-Delta Sorority Sisters. Oh my gosh. Um, All right. Before we get into the advice that you have for our listeners, you both met working at big companies. Tell us more about how you met and how this book was born. Sure. So we had the pleasure of meeting at Yahoo. We were both executives who ran the company. And we then moved from Yahoo to Square. And Lauren, I'll speak for you right now. Um, and just keep going for a second, then you can introduce yourself. So Lauren is the chief marketing officer of Square. Uh, so wow, wow, wow. Incredible. And I ran banking and lending at Square and also the people team. And so we had the benefit of working at a company that focuses on empowering small businesses and helping them start, run, and grow. And so the idea was born out of listening to customers through the millions of square sellers across the country, particularly in the pandemic when we saw how much trauma was happening in the small business market. We understood some insights around how small businesses build community and learn 
And we thought this book would be an incredibly powerful guide to help them build their business. Yeah. And I don't have too much to add to that other than, yes, Jackie and I met at Yahoo. We also were both New Yorkers who moved to California. So we sort of shared that journey together of just moving our families across the country. And we spent time in California walking around because there was really nothing else you could do during the pandemic. And we thought there's just this void of information. And we also had the insight that more people than ever were starting their own businesses. That was true in 2020, where we saw more new business formations. And then again, in 2021, where you have the great resignation, where people aren't just leaving their jobs to sit home all day, they're leaving their jobs to go and start businesses. And we thought, wow, like, Anytime that there's sort of these downturns in the economy or things are changing is a time where we tend to see a lot of innovation and new starts. And so we thought the timing for putting a book like this out there with this kind of advice would be a good moment for it. Well, it was definitely a good moment. And you have a very optimistic tone, Lauren. I love that. Self-Made Boss also is a book, even though it is definitely a business book, it is very practical, it is very specific, but it's driven by personality and it is a book that is joyous. There's a lot of fun stories in here. So I want to ask each of you, what was the funniest story in the book where you just couldn't help but smile? Yeah, I'll start. Um, One of the things we really enjoyed about the book is that it's written through the eyes of small business owners. And each chapter is a business chapter like HR, finance, hiring, operations and logistics, legal matters. But each chapter is told through the eyes of four or five small businesses in each chapter and also a handful of experts in each chapter. There's one in particular that I really enjoyed. And the entrepreneurs' names are Keith and Patricia Miller from Pampered Pooch Playground and Bubbly Pulls in Minneapolis. You listen to Keith and Patricia, and it was Keith uh, who I spent the most time with, talk about how they build their team at a grooming shop, and uh, grooming shops because they now have a few in Minneapolis. And he had incredible insight in how he focuses on fun and teamwork and creating an environment that feels safe for the dogs, safe for dog customers, and also safe for his employees. And so I loved his ideas. You know, like one really simple one uh, in building trust was he took a video of the dog getting groomed while it was getting groomed. He saw so many advantages in this idea. You know, from a dog owner's point of view, they could see how their dog behaved during grooming, which could be a trying time for some dogs. The dog obviously felt safe because they were going to be streamed uh, to their owner. And for his employees, they felt safe so that they could also show their work. If anything went wrong, they could show what happened. You know, it was a great experience. They could show that as well. And so it's kind of like one of those things that you would never think of, but it's a really interesting business hack that he created in the context of his of his grooming store. And I love that it's using technology to make it more human and more, I don't know what you call it with the animal, but you know what I mean? It just, it's connecting people. Lauren, do you have a fun story? I would say that Jermaine G is somebody that really stands out to me because she kind of epitomizes this idea of like following your passion and your dreams. So she had this great job, corporate job at Gap. And she left that job to go become a stylist. And she now splits her time between Atlanta and LA. And I think just hearing about her 
saving up her money and just getting ready to take that leap of faith is just really cool. Cause to me, it really like, I think just epitomizes that entrepreneurial spirit that we try to capture in the book and just how she really went for it to go pursue her dreams. And also so relatable because so many people do have these dreams. One thing in the book that I liked is that nothing was too small. You get into some very tiny decisions, but they are very important decisions. So can you share what the most overlooked thing or one of the overlooked things that many business owners forget to pay attention to that's really important? It makes a, it moves the needle. I'll talk about two things to start with. I think one is just the entire look and feel of your business. And I think thinking about your business from the notion that every touch point that somebody has with your store, what does your window look like? What does it look like when you walk through the door? If you have an online business, your website, your logo, your presence, every interaction that somebody has with your brand is a chance for them to make an impression and form a relationship with you. And so I would just say, all of those details really matter. And so thinking about them from the very beginning of your business is really important. And then along those lines, we talked to um, Andre Laro in our marketing chapter, and he is a photographer. And he gave all these like very specific tips on how to take great pictures. So if you're in the food business, he talks about using a smaller plate when you're taking pictures of food, what time of day, how to capture the best light. And he really goes into a lot of specific details because I think, you know, if you think about social channels and and all these places where people are getting information or, or where they're viewing content from business owners, the better you can kind of put your brand out there with photography and how you portray things, the more likely you are to connect and break through. So I thought the tips that he provided in there were were really very specific, very detailed, and extremely actionable. Like, don't take pictures outside in the middle of the day when it's sunny, but do take pictures inside when there's indirect sunlight. Just really practical tips that anyone can can use on their own. I thought some of the financial advice was really helpful also. And just tiny decisions you might make at the very beginning of starting a company. For example, don't combine your business account and your personal account in terms of business accounts. A lot of small business owners, when they start to make it easy on themselves, they conflate the two. But there are a lot of downstream effects that could impact their business just by that one simple decision. And so now there are lots of places, particularly online, where you can open up an online business account for free and then get a lot of the technical tools that help support lots of other analytical decisions you can have. And so the reason why you don't want to combine the accounts is if you ever want to get credit, it's hard to take apart your business account and your personal account. When you have to deal with taxes, it makes it more complicated. You're going to spend a headache's worth of time dealing with taxes You might need to position your company to raise money at some point in the future. It just looks kind of sloppy. And then you clearly have to do a separate accounting. And then you might also need trades and have to do like trade invoicing and things like that. And so you're going to have to start separating because they're going to want to get credit. They're going to want to see your different elements of your business operating independently. What was the number one hack each of you learned from the self-made bosses that you interviewed? Ideally, something that you guys, even though you have a big, strong history in small business, which people can read about in the book, what did you learn? 
I think Jackie talked about Keith Miller and Bubbly Pauls, and I think that they were really ahead of their time when it came to just thinking about culture and employee benefits for small business owners. I think a lot of business owners are sort of contending with this fact now, like how do we retain employees? Keith was bringing cupcakes for employees on their birthdays. He was doing engagement surveys. He was offering employees like mats to stand on so that their feet were more comfortable throughout the day. And I think in a lot of ways, those are really simple things, but not always things that you that small businesses have front and center when they're thinking about their employee experience. So that was definitely one that I thought like, wow, he really, he had the, the hiring and culture part of the business down in a way that I think a lot of businesses are really trying to get their head around in the moment. Yeah. I also, you know, uh, Pete Stein, the oyster uh, farmer that you had talked about, he hacked software. So he wanted to optimize his operations and he used bus software in order to build his own optimized routes. And so it doesn't have to be something super complicated. You can go out and try to find a proxy for what you're trying to do. You know, like my comment before was go find a free online business soft, you know, savings and checking account. In this case, he optimized his utilization. And so if you're really creative about some of these systems, you can do it in a cheaper way if you need to and have it done more quickly. And I think that kind of creativity is, is great. All right. Last question. We talk a lot on this podcast about generational wealth. What is your advice to families who want to pass a small business to the next generation? Because it is complicated. It is complicated. I think a couple of things. One is to make sure that you have family members that want to take on your business. We heard a lot from business owners that just didn't have anybody to pass their business on to. So I think that's something that getting your family members involved and making sure that the interest is there. And then when it does come time to transition, I would say, give up some control. I think one of the things we learned from a lot of the the people that we interviewed in the book that come from multi-generational businesses is that when the next generation could come in and they were sort of given more free reign to think about how they would change the business operation, that that really helped the business evolve. So one example is with Acme Smokefish. That was the company that I talked about with my roommate from college. It's fourth generation. And her brother came in and said, we really need to upgrade how we think about manufacturing. They have a smoke fish company. And at the time, it felt like a huge risk to them. And it ended up becoming the thing that really helped propel their business into the next phase of growth. And I think the same thing is true with Pesos ice cream, where they were really starting to think about using data. They used to have 132 flavors, and they realized they don't need 132 flavors, that they could have 30 flavors, and that those 30 flavors are the most popular. That really cuts down on the amount of time that they spend then producing ice cream flavors that are less popular. So I would say, you know, make sure that you A, have the people there that have the interest, and then give them the room to do things in a little bit of a different way, which does require giving up some control, which is hard to do. And Jackie, by the way, oh, your parents had a small business that you did not take over. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> was not taking over my family small business. I think I'm the only person in my family to not work for myself. You know, I did come from a, a small business family and I appreciated some of the upsides and downsides of working with people that you can't fire and they are part of your family. And so 
the message that I would add to this. And I think about Jonathan Shabika from Shabika Family, California, Olive Oil and Gourmet Foods. Literally, his grandfather and great-grandfather began the business with information they had pulled from coming from Italy. And the insight from him was to think about rules for how you're going to work together. And think about, you know, who decides what and how do you operate? And I think that was really good advice he gave us so that you could try to minimize the ambiguity in how you make decisions and how you operate together. And so people had their roles. And sometimes in family business, that can be incredibly challenging because you have, I'll call it sloppy decisions, but where you don't make sloppy decisions and you're very specific about who does what, who decides it can help alleviate some of that family tension. Excellent advice. Thank you both for joining us. Where can people learn more about you guys and Self-Made Boss? Well, they absolutely should go to our website, selfmadeboss.com. They can go onto Amazon or any uh, independent bookseller if they prefer that and look up Self-Made Boss and hopefully they will enjoy the book. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. So many great stories we couldn't get to. So even if you are not a small business owner, read this book just for the entertainment value and the amazing stories these self-made bosses share with Jackie and Lauren. So what resonated with you in the interview? DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 or on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And please share this podcast on social media or just tell a friend so we can grow the financial grown-up community. I also want to thank those of you who have reviewed my new book, Launching Financial Grownups, wherever, maybe Amazon, maybe Goodreads, and have shared it on social media. Please let me know when you do through all the social channels. And I would love to thank some of you, I'll surprise you, with some Grown Up Gear merch, which by the way, you can check out at grownupgear.com to celebrate all of the adulting moments in your life. By the way, if you are looking for someone to speak to your company or your school or your parent group, please get in touch. Just go to my website, super easy, bobbyrebel.com and click on the work with me tab where you can also get a grown up your discount by signing up for the newsletter. Big thanks to Jackie Reese's and Lauren Weinberg, authors of Self-Made Boss. Pick up a copy and thanks to both of them for helping us be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. The podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at bobbyrebell1 on Instagram and bobbyrebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. 
You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.